Welcome everyone to Bear Football. My name is Aldo Gandia. With me is Tyler Ellis and uh, Danny Shimon. John Buffon is on vacation. Guys, you know, there's no way to uh, put a uh, rose-colored glasses on and see anything positive about today outside of the first quarter play by Justin Fields in the Bears offense. This was a putrid performance against a division rival. And what happened was is that the Bears on in many places, many different positions did not play with any heart. The name of this show is Bear Football. And the meaning of that is playing hard, playing with tenacity, scaring the opponent with your aggressiveness. And the Bears showed none of that. Tyler Ellis, Happy New Year. Uh, you look like you're ready to kick some butt the way you got your arms crossed there. <laughs> what do you got to say about that my, my, I'm actually excited for, for draft on tap, Otto. That's what that's what I'm excited about. Um, but um, <laughs> shout out to everybody in the chat. Appreciate Happy it. New Year! Thank you all for spending your Sunday <laughs> with us, Otto. Um, oh, Tyler's frozen up on us just when he was going to make one of those. Hey, uh, yeah, he's giving me a plug on draft on tap. Oh man. Right. <laughs> well, Danny, until we get uh, our man. Ah, oh, there he is. There he is. Okay, I was coming in too hot. Let me calm down. <laughs> <laughs> so Aldo, we went to the game hoping to get our fifth win in four field and it just didn't go down um it's actually rather disappointing and i was saying happy holidays and to everybody in the chat thank you for spending time with us but um highly disappointing i mean I, we talked about a couple of weeks ago about the bears coaching staff maybe doing some things on purpose ah He's frozen again. <laughs> Danny, why don't uh, you take over and uh, let us know your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I mean, although I think it summed it up earlier. I mean, Jonathan Vilma on, on TV uh, said that, that looked like the Lions were going up against a scout team, scout team defense. I mean, that, that that's that's pretty for, – for a proud franchise that really has throughout its, you know, its history has been been known for having a, a you know, Bad, you know, bad team, sure, but but not horrible defenses. And then, and then I said at, at halftime, I said I'm I'm tired of watching this damn defense play. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, it's just it's just. Uh, but today was just even worse. I mean, but but like I said, you know, there was plenty of blame to go all the way around, right? Offense stunk. I mean, Justin Field uh, outside that first half or that first quarter, really. I mean, there again, there were about three sacks I counted uh, that were attributed to the obviously the offensive line, but I think Justin could have gotten rid of the football. There was a one play where I just I started screaming at the at the TV and I and I think you did as well because I you tweeted out a clip of it where you, you just gotta throw the ball away. You just have to throw the ball away. And I didn't even see Claypool on the on, on the initial um you know uh, uh live shot until the replay. Claypool was wide open. And even if it's a modest gain, you know, it, it's it's a it's a gain at all. It's it's a gain, it's better than a than a loss and a sack. Also, you save yourself from getting twisted like a pretzel and getting sacked and possibly getting hurt. So you're already dealing with some some lower leg issues, you know. So that's something that that he's gotta get rid of that. He's gotta get rid of that holding on to football. And what it is is he's just trying to hold on and try and make a big play downfield, but he's not taking the the easier check downs. And I know the score was I think it was a two-score game at the time. So I know what he's doing, but he's got to stop doing that. This is the NFL. This is not Ohio State. You're not going to have a guy come clear wide open down the field magically, right, um, you know, all the time like he did Ohio State. But, uh, you know, you just got to get rid of the football. There are a couple of times he just kind of held on to it, and he took a hit, and he took a sack. And those are things that the coaching staff has to get coached out of him. So, again, offensively, they they, they stunk up the place. Defensively, they were horrible. 
you know, the special teams. I mean, it, the only positive maybe was Valus Jones. They had a couple nice returns. You know, he had a nice, uh, you know, handoff. He held on to the football, got a first down. So it's it, it was just a, a bad, bad, um, a, a bad game all around. I mean, you know, I, I partied last night. I'm a little, you know, tired this morning. And I'm sure it looks like the Bears are out there partying as well last night. And they're a little tired. But do you really party in Detroit? I guess, I don't know. We have to ask Don Burr if you can party in Detroit. <laughs> Uh, what say you, Tyler? We got you back on. It looks like you got a nice warm line. It won't freeze up on us again. What say you about this game? Yeah, I, I pay too much. I pay too much for internet to have those kind of problems. <laughs> like, <laughs> but no, Danny's right. But it's like Aldo. It's like what was the game plan without Justin's big run? If like it, like we saw, we saw in the chat, nineteen yards passing. So passing wasn't the big emphasis. We didn't get Montgomery involved until like it didn't really matter. So what was the game plan? Like, this is what I want to hear from the coaches. I understand you want the high draft pick, but we didn't even look competitive. I mean, after the, after the second quarter. I mean, were we really content with a 10, with the, with that little bit of a lead? Like, that, that, that was really nothing, Aldo. So, like, I'm actually very confused. <laughs> I'm like, even though the Lions have gotten better, it's like it, where the Lions started the season, where the Bears started the season, I had higher hopes. And so the, the, the Lions team have – Got the coaches have seemed to have to have got, gotten more from their group than what the Bears have gotten from their group because the Lions were counted out. But you've seen the Lions like battle with the Packers. You've seen the line. I've seen the Lions battle with the Bills. You see what I mean? And so we actually see that product today because they were really fierce with us. Yep. You know, uh, some people complaining about the, the play calling and so forth. You know, th I believe that the play calling was good to start the game. Uh, Luke Getze wanted to use Justin Fields' legs, but it was obvious that this Detroit Lions team was going to punish him and punish him hard for every time he dared run with the ball. This is a Dan Campbell uh coach team and he's the one the guy was going to kick you in the nuts or kick you in the knee or whatever the hell his expression was and he had that defense fired up so anytime Justin Fields ran with the ball they made him play and it was to Getze's credit that they changed things up but the talent pool is not there and but what is also very concerning for me guys and I see a lot of people in the chat room talking about Justin Fields is not the quarterback we had a discussion about that and 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 the halftime show but the key thing is is that he should be further along with his pass game than he demonstrated today. Now, there are all sorts of issues. You know, the offensive line was on their third stringer at the right guard position, and you, you still got the two rookie offensive tackles. But he held on to the ball too long, knowing that he has a depleted offensive line. He held on to the ball too long. And there were instances where they were open receivers and fields missed them. And so at this point of the season, game 16, we want to see just Justin Fields further ahead and his passing prowess. I know he can get there, but he is behind schedule. What say you, Danny Shimon? Well, I mean, he had a bad game. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. He had a bad game today. It was just, it just like I said, decisions was were there. I mean, and in terms of missing wide open receivers, I I really see that. The one was I did see on the replay again was with Komet and that that first um, where he ran was I think it was a, a third and goal. They end up getting the field goal where he spun around to his to his left and then uh but it was but kept you know kind of like I, I think that, that Riley Reef was the tackle eligible and he was going on the flat and he's like I'm not throwing it at Reef because he already had a defender on him. But if you if you go back in a replay, you saw that the wide angle you saw Komet kind of break free on the on the back side of the end zone on the back side of the play. 
if he just looked that way, he could have thrown up an, an easy touchdown. But, uh, you know, he just kind of, at that point, decided to tuck it and, and run it and, and try and get it in for a score. But unfortunately, he got you was short there. But, uh, you know, other than that, I, I didn't really see guys coming wide open. I mean, the, the, the Claypool one was, he was wide open where he took that sack. Yeah, but um, he had a bad game. And there's nothing, no way around it. Um, again, the, like, you know, no help around him. You know, I'm not going to sit here and make excuses for him. You know, it's something that, but to, to say that he's not the quarterback of the future or to say that you haven't seen any progress from Justin Fields, not that you're saying that, although, but some other people are saying that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. So it's, it's just like, it's, it's a season in which, you know, we saw progression, which is what we wanted to see. Is he there yet? Is he, is he a done, done deal? No, he still has some, some room to grow. I think a lot of quarterbacks in their second and third years, some even in fourth years are continue to grow and get better. So, you know, obviously next season, hopefully we're all anticipating uh, a better supporting cast, you know, uh, whether it's offensive line receivers, whatnot. Uh, and I think that then we'll see fields take another step in this, in this progression in terms of developing into a fully developed quarterback, but to say he's, he's not the future or he's not, he hasn't developed at all this year. That's just ludicrous. And I just, I can't, I can't um, entertain those kind of, kind of comments or anything like that. What say you Tyler? Yeah, I agree with everything Danny just said. I won't entertain those comments. Like, guys, relax. What do you mean? What, like, come on. Like, show some appreciation. You know what we had before. Like, Justin is Justin is our guy. The Giants just clinched the playoff berth for the first time in how many years? And Daniel Jones was their, were their first proud first-round pick. And so next year's cast, supporting cast, some, that is – I'm not giving Justin a slight because at the end of the day, he does have some bad habits. But guys, this is year this is year two slash year one. Let him work on it. At the end of the day, I do expect Justin to make the team people around him better. At some point in time, I expect Justin to throw people open. At some point in time, I expect Justin to read the defense better. Like make this wide receiver get open. Like like how Michael did how Michael did the Bulls back in the nineties. Like he was getting at him in practice. I don't we don't get access to that type of like media standpoint. But Michael Kobe. They was in those guys' face behind the scene. Like if you're not if you're not bringing 100, I don't want you on the field. That type of that type of moxie is what I'm looking for from Justin, who's like the number one athlete in Chicago, in my opinion, next to DeRozan. And so, like I'm I'm, dis- I'm not just disappointed because at the end of the day, I'm very excited about the offseason and the growth of the development. But I still want to hear from the coaching staff. I want to see if there's any changes to 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 who his supporting cast, Aldo. That's where I'm at with it. But you got to see the open passes. You got to take the four yard passes. Those things, in my opinion. Danny, uh, the Lions accumulated well over 500 yards of total offense. Uh, I mean, if we're going to point the finger at anyone, should shouldn't we start with defensive coordinator Allen Williams, who um, I've been defending, but it's I can't defend what happened out there today. He's got to make sure his guys are fired up. He's got to have bed checks on New Year's Eve to make sure everybody is in by 1 a.m. or whatever time. He has got to come up with a better game plan where you're not accounting for Aiden Hutchinson uh, rushing the quarterback on an end around towards his direction. I mean, this has to lie at the feet of Allen Williams. And, and my man, uh, Dan Aguirre, has been saying fire Allen Williams. Now I'm starting to think maybe he's got a point. Like he had a point about Khalil Mack uh, being done uh, by his second or third season with the Chicago Bears. Khalil Mack made the Pro Bowl this year, didn't he? 
He, but he wasn't playing at any high level. By the way, you know, Pro Bowl doesn't mean anything, but please go ahead. Uh, I, I digress. Sorry. Uh, no, I mean, I, guys, I've been one of the bigger, like, uh, uh, Alan Williams critics here. Just just saying, you know, I, I know he's dealing with with not a full full deck here, but you got to get creative. You got to be – do something. You, you, you know, at the point when I was criticizing was because there was no pass rush, and he was just sitting back in zone and letting quarterbacks pick him apart. So, I, I you know, I thought he should be a little more aggressive. And But, I mean, in terms of today – he started four, four rookies in his defensive secondary. I mean, you know, he has no pass rush, still has no pass rush up front. They benched Muhammad. They, they started Justin Jones at defensive end today. I'm not sure if that was just to kind of hopefully kind of settle in and defend the run better, which obviously didn't work. You know, the, the secondary looked like it had no interest in tackling today. Um, you know, some linebackers were taking some bad, you know, uh, angles on the football, not not filling the gaps, you know, with, with any sort of, you know, um, uh, physicality or anything like that so it, it's it's hard to point the finger at alan williams but i'm just i've been on record saying i'm not a fan of this this cover two or whatever zone defense you want to call you want to name it tampa two or whatever you know i i'm just not a fan of it i mean it's this is something that's been figured out by the nfl going back to all the way to, to dungy days after that it was all figured out no now th- what we were told was Eberflus was a little more creative in terms of what he brought some different dimensions to it yeah, the base was still covered too, but everything else around it, he played more zone. He played more man. He was a little bit more aggressive with blitzes. We haven't seen it so far. So what we can do is, like we're kind of saying, hey, this is a year where we kind of just all we wanted to see was you know the development of the quarterback. We're gonna have to give these guys at least a season to 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 see you know if they get these players in there that they're talking about in the offseason, see what they do next year. Now, if next year, after I'm assuming you go and you, you spend a whole draft class or a, a majority of the draft class on your defense, you bring in some free agents from outside. And you still are this, you know, poor in terms of, you know, um, getting after the quarterback. You're still getting gashed by, by you know, uh, second or third string quarterbacks. You know, uh, it, then then it's time for you know to call for Allen Williams' job. So, but as of right now, it's so hard to just say, you know what, fire him. He sucks, and and Dan might be right. He might suck. You know, but you know, we don't. We it's hard to kind of say after this type of season with this type of talent he had. You he couldn't really put together. You know what, what, what he wanted to do in terms of you know the overall package, the, the everything else. So again, this defense is based off that front four getting pressure on the quarterback. If that front four doesn't get pressure on the quarterback, everything else around it kind of falls apart. So you know we'll have to give him a kind of a mulligan for this year, if you will. After after this offseason, once they I can get they get some talent here, and he still has this kind of bad bets, and then it's time to call for for someone's job. But right now, I I you can't fire him based off of what the talent he had to work with this year. Tyler, I want to comment on uh, what Danny just said, but I want to hear your thoughts first and foremost. What are your frustration levels with the Bears' defense, and do you think Allen Williams should be uh, getting a thorough performance review that might uh, include a pink slip? Um, my initial my initial thought is he. I don't think he should be fired, but he should be more saying, "What is your idea?" Like he should be he should be held accountable for what he wants to do going forward. You see what I'm saying? Because you can't you can't fire somebody like Robert Quinn, like 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 Roquan Smith, like those are big pieces that he thought he had at his disposal coming into the season. And so that being said, hey man, what's your idea? Because what I'll be waiting for Danny to say. It. I hope he's going to say it. If you don't have front four pressure, that doesn't matter. And so we all thought everybody when Roquan, when all these guys got traded, everybody thought Travis Gibson was about to unleash. And you can see guys aren't really prepared to win those one-on-ones. And when you can't win those one-on-ones, you got to take somebody out of coverage to double-team and blitz. And that's not what they wanted to do. And Iberclus already said, this is Allen's show. 
he said that already. He said, this is his show. I called the defense before, but I'm, I, I, I advise when he asks questions and everything, but this is his show. And so, but he said that er, way earlier in the season when we were having a little bit of success. And so, yes, I know he should get an overall great review, but it's more about like, what are you going to do to get these my guys prepared? And I think that goes to these young draft picks that are coming in and these free agents. How are we going to develop these guys? Halfway through the season next year, then that may be a different story. Yeah. But, I, but also my frustration with my frustration with the defense is we're not getting pressure. If, and if Jalen Johnson doesn't play, we act like we can't stop anything. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you, Tyler. I was going to use some of your exact words regarding the Allen Williams situation. Is not, But not only what are your ideas for fixing these problems, but also a thorough review of we know what you wanted to try to do on th- against this opponent on this particular game. Let's look at the film and tell me why it didn't work because – that's the that's the huge thing. And tell me, he and every press conference, he takes uh, self accountability. I got to do a better job of putting guys in the right place. All right, Mr. Williams, let's talk about that thoroughly. When did you screw up? And then also tell me when the player screwed up. I want to know everything in detail before making a decision on your future with the Chicago Bears. And I don't want to give up on a one year, first year uh, uh, coach. But if I am convinced that he is the number one reason or a big reason for the problem this defense is having because it is pathetic. It is historically bad. If he is part of that reason, then you got to correct the problem immediately, fire the guy, and move on elsewhere. That's how I feel about that. Anybody want to reply to that? Tyler does. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I'll just say what that is, it, it, it was just suck. So, we let's just say we fired him, right? Then we get new talent in. Then that new coach has the benefit of all the new talent. <laughs> yeah. Like that kind of sucks. And guys, and I'm going, y'all know I was freezing my butt off. Me and my fiance, we went to the Ravens game last week. And let me tell you something. They I, I saw Roquan in action. <laughs> and Roquan is a beast. I saw it with my own eyes. I was in the stands, and they were like, pay him, pay him. That's what they're yelling. <laughs> That's what they're yelling about Roquan Smith because in in, in that game, his sideline is sign availability, his speed, his tenacity. And so that being said, that is a big loss for a defensive coordinator who if Roquan if, like, he didn't have anybody already. So if, if Poles was to go to Allen and actually say that, Allen could say, bro, you took away my, my best guys. I get it, we got draft picked, but some of these guys that's playing, I didn't think they were ready. Mm. And so, like at the end of the day, you can only play with what you got. But at some point in time, talent comes into a factor. Like everybody, you can have practice superstars, but guys that actually execute on game day, Aldo, in my, in my opinion. And I, we're not getting the best from our linebackers on that. As you can see, Swift and these guys taking off left and right. The, yeah. the one thing we can't we can kind of criticize Williams for, and 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 I agree with both you guys. Like you, you need talent. You, you, you gotta have talent to evaluate this guy and and, and see if he's competent or not to do the job. Well, we what we can criticize him for in my opinion is the lack of hustle the lack of want to out there because like you said although you know he, he, part of a job as a coach is, is to get your guys ready and to play you know more whether it's motivation or, or whatnot and the bear just looked like they were defensively looked like they were not ready to play offensively looked like they're ready to play in that first quarter and then after that i don't know what the hell happened but i think basically just Fields got hurt the biggest clearance event for savings you don't want to miss 
Save up to 70% starting now that's coming on must-haves like home essentials, oh, active favorites, jeans, <laughs> sweaters. That's the boots, lines I've hacked the you need. Poles. I'm going to get rid of it. Trust me. <laughs> there it is. It is gone. Cole's got a free commercial and whoever else. <laughs> By the way, I got a lot of, I do a lot of shopping in Kohl's. It's excellent. So if, if they do want to sponsor this show and our other work here at the Barroom Network, they're more than welcome. <laughs> Danny, you were going to, you were in the middle of something. No, I'm just saying, yeah, the, the one thing is, is you got to, you got to base them on a lot of terms of like, it just looked like they were not ready to play today. Whether again, playing on a holiday, I'm not sure if that that's not an excuse. You're a professional athlete and you, you knew this well ahead of time that you're going to have a game on, on New Year's day. So that, that cannot be an excuse, but you know, it's like, it's like, that's the thing I think we can't hold Williams and the co defensive coaching staff accountable for is the lack of want to and the lack of hustle today, you know, in terms of talent, in terms of the overall production, you know, the only thing I like said earlier, I, I criticized him because he wasn't getting aggressive enough, knowing that he doesn't have a pass rush generate some pressure, you know, rattle some cages in terms of that, that offensive backfield and let's see what happens. Right. But, um, I, but in terms of firing the man, I, that, that's, that's an overreaction in, in my opinion right now. Yeah. B minor says everybody knew it was a, a rebuild season. Why complain now? Well, it, it, the reason is, is because today's performance was embarrassingly bad. This wasn't about talent as uh, yes, that, that has a big reason to do it. The lions are much, much more talented than the Chicago bears are at this point, but this also had to do with want. This also had to do with desire. This had to do with Matt Eberflus's uh, philosophy of hits. The team failed in every one of those letters. And, uh, and so that's what is disturbing. Why did he, why has he lost the defense, his his specialty, why has he lost them in week 16 when they went out there, clearly looked that they were out to 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning and didn't play with that same intensity that we have appreciated all season long from this defense. And so they have to be accountable. We have to complain. I mean, what are we going to do? Just look, put on our rose-colored glasses and say everything will be fine. We'll just wait till next year. No. Nobody is above criticism. I criticize Justin Fields for not finding uh, – uh, a, a Chase Claypool five yards in front of him and ends up getting sacked for a six, seven yard play. And then people come after me on social media. No one is above criticism, not even the quarterback that I love. And I have a lot of hope for that is going to be the franchise quarterback of this team. So having said that, what else are we upset about? Let's get it all out. Danny, yeah. go hard. Go ahead, uh, Tyler. <laughs> no, I'll do your right. And what you and Danny have set together is the number one reason why a coach get fired is if you lost the locker room. And that's what the question is. If the guys are no longer responsive to you, which would be kind of weird because this is the first year. Is that like the same song and dance? Like you like like Bruce Aaron, like you want to get a new voice in there. Like all of these guys, you, you would think they'd be more excited because these guys, a lot of these guys didn't expect to play. When you don't expect to play, this is your opportunity to like get some good tape out there. Like this is the NFL. Like you can be, your career can be over tomorrow. It's New Year's Day. Get a highlight. That could change everything. You just never know who's watching. So it was disappointing from like the opportunity to get on the field, to actually, to fulfill your dream and play in the NFL. Like, is this funny and weird when you wonder why Icky Johnson, when, when guys wonder why they don't go in the first round? Because you weren't given that first round like capability when you had the opportunity. 
Then when you got the opportunity, you don't get, you don't go all out. You're holding back for whatever reason. And it, it goes back to the mentality. And so we could blame the coach, but this is on the players. And and the players will not you can't be you can't be confused why you're not here next year. And that's what I'm hoping our also our coaching staff does is the players who don't want to hold up to his principle need to be gone. We need to raise the status bar on the on the standards. Are we playing varsity? Is this varsity? Do we have Olympic ambitions? Like that's that's what I want. Like don't hold on to play. We're not just holding on because they're they're nice guys. They're nice guys and they listen to you. But if the coaches aren't being challenged or the players aren't being challenged, that's not that's just gonna hold us back for being a playoff contender team. Paul said he was getting his team groomed up for longevity success. Well, we gotta raise the bar on all spectrums in the uh, in the organization, in my opinion. I mean, the, the national media, the national commentator compared your defense to a scout team defense. I mean, that and for for a proud franchise, that that's embarrassing. You know, that that, that is embarrassing to to have that com- kind of comparison made on national television. So the one thing about all the comments about losing the the the, the locker room, and I agree uh, with Tyler in terms of, you know, if the guys are loafing out there, they're not playing to your standards. They got to be gone. The good news is half this team will probably will be gone because they're most are on one year contracts and they're all you know playing. You know, that's the thing is like you're, you're surprised too, right? Because you think they would want to put out good tape out there because they are free agents after this year and they, they want to kind of get, you know, if not with the bears with another organization, you want to put, you know, bad tape out there, but you know, it just, it's just the, the lack of day school, the, you know, was it just, you know, they, they knew they were overmatched and they just kind of, you know, kind of gave in. I'm not sure what the, what the whole thing was, but that's the one thing about losing the, the, the locker room. The good thing about it is if he has lost some, lost some of these players, at least they can clean housing and get rid of a majority of them anyway. You know, Bear Truth Nine makes another uh, good point. He always does when he uh, pops in. He says the players see what's going on with the tank. That's hard to play. It's hard to play a hundred percent when it's in your subconscious mind. And I totally, totally agree with him. Now, I uh, I agree that this whole organization had to be torn apart, with the exception of a few players, starting with Justin Fields. I agree. I agree with the trade of Khalil Mack. I agree, agree with the trade of Quinn. You got to tear it all down. But there are dangerous aspects about that game plan, and right now it is looking a little shaky. Hope, hopefully that everyone from Ryan Poles on down will be able to regroup, have a great draft, have a great free agency acquisition. The coaches will step up and, and, and deliver on their promises. But right now, things do look shaky because they should not be looking this bad as they did today on New Year's Day. And perhaps we're overreacting to one game. But let's remember, what is the losing oh. streak at? Nine, ten? Yeah. <laughs> no, that over a whole season. This defense has sucked pretty much for the whole season. I yeah. mean, it's not like we're overreacting one game. I, I think we're just more, more surprised in terms of the – the lack of hustle, the lack of commitment to to try and make a play today. I think that's that's more what kind of drew us back to it. But the defense has sucked the whole year, guys. I mean, we've been out here talking about it, all three of us, including John, making four of us. You know, we've been talking about how bad the defense has looked throughout the season. And it's just the, the matter of, you know, they're not the, the horses right now to, to do what they did. The thing what, again, I keep going back to this, but is what we want to see from the coaching staff. And, and I'm on record saying I'm not a fan of this defensive coverage, this defensive philosophy, this cover two stuff. I don't like it. I, I'm done with it. I hate it. But it is what it is, right? I don't make the decisions. They've hired this coach. This coach believes in it. But, you know, he also believes in in, uh, in certain players and certain, you know, talent to make it up to his, the standards, that, that you know, quality standards of NFL standards. So we'll see what happens when he gets those players. And, then, and again, if, if he's not doing what, you know, 
if he gets these players and you're still this bad and they're still getting up all these points, they're still getting gashed, you know, in terms of uh, by running backs, then their heads are going to roll. Tyler, my I man, I just was going to say, my man, Nomad, you know, with the great chat uh, a post here, guys are protecting their bodies for tomorrow. It's a natural reaction when you know that you're soon going to be a free agent. Please go ahead, uh, Tyler. I apologize. No, 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 no apologies, necessary. And that's a great comment. But at the end of the day, that doesn't make sense because if you don't give good take, there is no tomorrow for you. Like if you if you're a part of it, like you people, like opportunities aren't a given. When you when your agent goes to fight for you for another team, that team wants your film. If your film is you loafing, then what are you what are you saving yourself for? Because I can't really fathom like, as a as somebody. I consider myself a, a, trying to be an athlete shape today. I can't fathom getting an opportunity, and I would have to be out of breath, gas. Like, damn, I might have sucked, but I can't breathe right now because I gave it all. Like, that's what the coach. That's what we want to see. Are you giving it your all? And like the and you can actually see that if you're like getting tackled, even a damn arm tackle, if you're off your feet. You saw how many like guys. We it was over thirty points unanswered. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. Like, what are we talking about? This is the NFL. You have you. This is your freaking dream job, bro. You're getting millions of dollars. Most most of those guys probably getting five hundred thousand. Still, it's a lot of money. Yep. And, the, and the microcosm of, of all that, guys, was that third and nineteen. Well, I, I believe it was it was a handoff. It was a draw play to. I, I want to say it was uh, DeAndre Swift, where he he broke like three tackles. Well, the three bear defenders yeah. had him in the grasp, and he broke and he got it first down. I mean, a third and 19, a uh, halfback, you know, draw, and, and the, the guy gets gets a first down. So that that tells you. And the three defenders had their arms around his waist or had a chance to bring him down, and they, and they didn't do it. I mean, that, that was just like a microcosm of what we're talking about here today. And, and Danny, it's like nobody wants to say, I'm going to take over. I'm going to be right. the all-star now. Like, I, I, like, I'm coming in. I'm shutting this shit down. Well, like, well all the dogs, you think about it, Tyler, all the dogs are hurt, right? All the dogs on defense, right? Jalen Johnson wasn't playing. You know, uh, Sambor wasn't playing. Uh, um, right. uh, Eddie Jackson wasn't playing. Let's go to Matt Eberflus at the podium. I felt like they had through inside and also pressure on the edge. Uh, awful audio. Um, you know, had that one series where they had back to back sacks. Um, but uh, it just felt like they were collapsing the pocket pretty good. And uh, I think Justin felt that. Um, but uh, that's what I saw. No, it, it is important. It's important for us to be able to do that, you know, going forward, you know, this last game, you know, that's, again, that's why, you know, in, late into the game, we kept Justin in there, you know, because we want to get the game experience. You can't, you can't really get that anywhere else, you know, and uh, so that's why we decided as a staff, we decided as, you know, you know, working with Justin, he said, man, I, I want to be in there. Credit to him. He's like, man, coach, I'm still going out there. I want to be able to operate and uh, in his toughness and his grit, he wants to go out there and compete. And uh, so that's what we did. Well, you know, him with his leg, working through his leg, you know, I think it's uh, he was going to be in there with a limited number of plays. Uh, but, uh, again, again so we were working through that. Didn't know if he was going to be up or not. So, again, that was a limited limited role uh, for him. But, uh, again, that's where it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we certainly discussed it. Every single series, we were discussing it, and we said, let's get him out there. Let's get him out there and do another two-minute drive um, and get the experience. 
Yeah, I mean, you can certainly look at it that way. But, you know, like you said, Justin's got to be back there and operate. And, uh, again, there's going to be different people out at certain times. And he's got to be able to operate, get rid of the ball when it's not there, and uh, and do a good job having boys in the pocket. Yeah, yeah. So the whole sequence there was, was decent for us, you know, except for the last play. You know, so we end up calling, banging some timeouts. We end up, they end up kicking the field goal. We told Bayless, hey, take it out no matter what. You know, so we want to get a return. If we get the return, then we're going to do you know whatever we need to do at that point based on the time. So all those things happened sequentially. You know that which was great. You know, fails obviously a great return, and we had seven seconds ball on the forty-five. So now you're working to your kick line. No timeouts. You're working to your kick line there, wherever the kick line was for that particular uh, situation. Sometimes it's seven yards. You got to get. Sometimes it's eight yards. Whatever that is, and working a sideline play. And we had a problem lining up, and it wasn't executed right. So that we got to do a better job there on offense. Yeah, that, that's what that's what we would have done too. We'd have done the same thing. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna line up wall defense, sideline defense, all that. They're gonna do that. So. Yeah, it's it's alignment assignment. It's alignment assignment. Get lined up, execute the play, and we've executed that play numerous times on, um, in practice. Yep. Yeah, I just go back to what I what I just um, what I just kind of uh, tried to state was that uh, in game in game experience there's nothing like it. You know, we're not going to get that anywhere else. And uh, again, that's a good pass rushing group. You know, so I thought it was really good to get that experience. Now, did it turn out the way he wanted to or the way we wanted to? No, it didn't. But uh, you got to work through that adversity. You got to work through that and figure it out uh, as coaches, as players. We just got to do a better job. Yeah, right. I didn't see it either. I got to go back and look at the tape. All I heard from the, the training staff was that he was out. You know, that's all I know right now. Um, yeah, certainly getting DJ back certainly helped them. You know, uh, you know, uh, he's obviously a dynamic player, and uh, they did a good job today. Yeah, I would just say that we got to do a good job of just uh, in the run game, being in our gaps, the passing game. We got to do a good job of, you know, pressuring the quarterback, you know, staying in our coverage. Um, if it's match coverage or zone coverage, we got to do a better job there. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when you're a coach, you're always looking at execution. You know, so that I'll just go back to that. We'll look at execution. We'll look and see if we're putting the players in the right position and seeing if we're executing our technique. Yeah, I would just, you know, to me, you know, when you get 30 net passing, that's that's a byproduct of the sacks. You know, so we got we had seven sacks against us. You know, that's quarterback on offensive line, getting rid of the ball, you know, taking care of the football. And, uh, you know, that's all 11 of us, you know, protecting that quarterback. And also when it breaks down, him getting rid of the ball. So that's really a function of that. Obviously, it needs to be, still needs to be better, though. You know, the, the passing game needs to be better. you got to do a better job of getting chunk plays um, and giving them time to get the chunk plays. And the protection's got to be there, too.
Yeah, I don't, I don't see that. I don't see that. You know, of course, we count loafs and all those things for every single play, and we've always done that. We'll continue to do that, but I, I don't see that. It's more about guys, you know, being where they're supposed to be, um, in the right spot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, no, no, no. It'll be Ryan and I talking about it. If he's healthy, good to go, he's going. So we're going to get the experience, and he's got to play um, and, and learn and get better every single week. Right. Yeah, yeah, and again, that's uh, that's our charge as coaches to figure that out. You know, it's, it's our charge to be able to, to move the ball down the field and score points, and uh, we did that first couple of drives. You know, so we got to continue and sustain that during the course of the game. But uh, again, we got to take that what we're doing in the beginning of the game, just keep extending that. That is the end of the press conference with head coach Matt Eberflus. Um, <laughs> I don't know. He he looked like he really didn't uh, care so much about the loss. I think he's getting a bonus for every every game the Bears lose. <laughs> what do you guys think? What, what concerned me was was uh, he said well, I, I didn't see the loafs. Well, oh. if, if you didn't see the loafs, I mean, okay, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll give him some slack there because you know he's on the sideline. Maybe, maybe he'll get a better idea when he watches the all twenty two. But I mean, you didn't see the loafs. Uh, that that's that concerns me. And and the other thing was, you know, I, I know he kept. You know, kind of, you know, saying that the that the passing game and, and Justin has to be have to be better and all that stuff. So, you know, and, and he's also not just saying, all right, you know, it, it, it wasn't all, you know, the offensive line or they, so he's, you know, he's actually holding everyone accountable, which is which is good to see as well. So there were a couple of interesting uh, comments from our from our. Well, I'll, I'll let Tyler go ahead and, and give his thoughts before I talk about some of the comments from the from the chat. But you bet. Um, guys, so I can't be more upset than the head coach. Like that's just wrong. Like, and that's and that's and that's and, and this is what I learned. This is a psychologically bad for our health. If we are more upset than the people that's actually in charge, we've seen we've witnessed some first-time head coaches already get fired this season. But like, what I'm seeing from our head coach is he has no worries. He doesn't look upset about the loss. He kind of looks like this is the game plan. It look it looked like he didn't expect to win. Because you're upset when you put in a bunch of effort and you don't get the, the, the desired results. He said, he said, the guys that are out there, we're just going to see if they execute. What does that mean? Did they get to the spot they were supposed to be at? He's not talking about winning or losing. He's not talking about catch the damn ball in the end zone. He's talking about, did he go outside when we say go? Like, bro, I'm trying to get not upset. I cannot believe how relaxed he was this now. But this is why it's like, bro, why didn't y'all just say, y'all been saying all season long is not a rebuild. Just say it's a damn rebuild and we wouldn't be so mad then. Like, you, it's just like, why are you playing with our emotions as fans? Because that's where it's like, bro, what are you really trying to get accomplished? I get it. We know you need. Tyler's been having some problems with his microphone all day. He is now frozen. Uh, uh, go ahead, uh, Mr. Shimon. No, I think it's a couple of a couple of uh, points that are brought up in the chat. Where, where is Eberflus the, the right coach for this for this job? And that's again, that's too early to tell. You know, he 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 may very well not be the right coach for the job. But 
but the one, but the one thing I, I do have to give him credit for, and, and I think, and what's something to kind of talk to, uh, uh, attest to, to um, Tyler's uh, comments there was, you know, he, he knew what this season was going to be all about, right. Coming into it. And you know, he didn't come out there and publicly say it. And we've gone over this guys before in terms of why he couldn't do that. He had three, three players on a, on a team to, to, you know, to kind of coach it through a 17 game schedule. So, so I, I, I think he knew what the season was about. And I think he was going in it to trying to, trying to find some players, trying to find a lay that foundation in terms of the culture and then find some, some talent and then build from there. So I think that's that, but to, to the, to the question in terms of, you know, is, is this guy the right guy for the coach, uh, the right coach for the team? You know, it, it, he, I think he is. I'm not 100% on that. I know I've been going up and down, up and down. And, I, and again, I keep having to hold myself back and let my emotions kind of stay in check and say, all right, this guy's is he's, it's his first year. We know what he's going to put through. You know what, you know what the situation was. We got to give him some time. And and like I said, this offseason is going to be huge. You know, Ryan Poles might not be the right guy for the job. We don't know that, right, guys? We, we have to give these guys at least one or two full offseasons you know, uh, possibly even three off season, just, just to kind of let them put in their, you know, their culture, their players and, and see what happens from there. You know, the, the good thing, good news is you, you have the, the key important position, uh, a quarterback already, already, you know, there. Right. And now you just kind of build, kind of build a team around him. So, you know, I, I'm going to be watching with a keen eye uh, for both Eberflus and Ryan Poles and see how these two men perform their, their jobs in the next, you know, two or three seasons for sure. Tyler, go ahead. Yeah. Um, it'd be very disappointing to see if these guys aren't the right guys. And so, like, um, I want to say week one, if we don't, if we're not, if we're not contending for the division next year, if we're not getting over six wins next year, over 10 wins, that's going to be a, a really big, like, a really big eye, like, just, just a finder in terms of, like, you were brought here for player development. That was one of the, that was one of our key issues. We weren't growing our own homegrown talent. He's going to get that opportunity because we have so many picks. We have so many picks. He's going to get an opportunity to grow the talent. And so, but like you said, Danny, he looked like he just knew what he had. But Paul should know that too. So, and so like, who do you blame? If the if the GM knew what he was doing, we kind of, so it's really a, a whole, it's a total wait and see game. It's a total wait and see game. They better bring in a great talent. We better get Danny, those first two picks, we better hit on. We better hit on. That pass rush, we better hit on that D tackle, that offensive lineman, because if we don't, who 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 gets the blame at that point? Right. That's where uh, we start. That's where we start collecting names and saying, "All right, you missed here, you missed there. Now we have now we have some proof in terms of right. Hey, you know, either one or both of these guys can't do the job, and that's where you start then, you know, calling for jobs. But right now, after, after this year, after you know, they, they, again, they didn't they didn't come on and tell us what what their their plan was, but we kind of all kind of read through the tea leaves here. We see what their plan was in terms of what they're trying to do here. So, I mean, to, after one season to call for anyone's job is, is, is just an overreaction and it's not going to happen, but you know, we'll, we'll just get, you have to keep a keen eye, keep a keen eye on both the, the coaching staff and the front office and see what they do here and, and how they go ahead and, and build this football team. And that's then we're going to be given praise for, for making the right picks or, or we start, you know, going, going at them here with, with, you know, you know, you know, blowing away cap money, you know, uh, blowing away draft draft capital and all that stuff. So. So Danny, well, quick question. Go ahead, Tyler. That, that, so why, and because I think we're, we both agree, why did Pep Hamilton? Why did the Broncos head coach get fired? Oh, you mean uh, Nathaniel Hackett? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, because because he was Matt Nagy 2.0. I mean, he he's a, he was a guy that that had lost total control of, of that football team. I mean, there there's offensive linemen pushing backup quarterbacks. I mean, there there's infighting. That you know, first of all, he he lost total control. I, I knew he had lost total control of this team in the in the preseason. You know when when they introduced Russell Wilson and he goes up there and says, "Whoa, guys, that's Russell Wilson over there." Like he's in awe of Russell Wilson. You're a head damn coach of this team. You're the leader of this football team. That's your quarterback. That's a player that's beneath you in terms of like he listens to you. You're his boss, sort of say, right? You don't go out there in awe of, of a guy. And I knew right there this guy was going to lose control of this locker room, and he did. It, it was it was a free for all. The defensive players were, were sniping at the offensive players. There was a bunch of stuff going on, and and I think he just lost. It, it was just it was a, it was a shit show, to, you know, to be frank there. And I I call him Nathaniel Nagy. I mean, he had, he had totally lost control of the damn football team. Uh. Uh, Tyler, you, you talked about the draft picks. And so uh, before Justin Fields interrupts us with his press conference, I'd love to know from you guys, starting with Danny, did you get a chance to see the national championship playoff games yesterday? And so what were your, if so, what were your impressions of Will Anderson, the edge rusher from Alabama and Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle from Georgia, both of them highly rumored to be Chicago bears players next season. If the draft works out the way some people think Danny, you first. Well, well, Anderson didn't play yesterday, so I, I, I didn't, I didn't see. I don't think Alabama's played their bowl game yet. So, yeah, it was TCU Michigan. It was TCU Michigan, and uh, and and Jalen Carter with with. Now I haven't seen the ending of, of the of the Georgia game, so please, because I was at a party last night. I I watched three quarters of it. Please don't kill it for me. But what I will say, what is Jalen Carter really disappointed me? And again, I'm not going to base my 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 whole analysis off of one game. But his conditioning looked horrible. I mean, he looked like he was out of shape. He was winded. A lot of one-on-one blocks. They were pancaking him. Uh, there were some times where he, he did win, win his one-on-ones and got some pressure there. But, you know, again, I'm not going to, you know, base it off of that. But he it wasn't a great game for Jalen Carter. And so if, if, if this was your first exposure to, to Jalen Carter, it, it wasn't, you know, you're not really sold on him being the number two overall pick. So we'll, we'll, we'll say that. What did impress me was Marvin Harrison Jr. is one hell of a freaking receiver, guys, and he's not eligible for this for this draft. So, so he's he's a he's a guy in next year's draft that you can kind of hope and, and, and root for. But what's good for the Bears is C.J. Stroud had a good game, and yes. we talked about it. Although you and I briefly, and when when I jumped on before fifty five this week, was the more quarterbacks that play well and show out in these final few games. It better is for the Bears, meaning because there's going to be obviously quarterback hungry teams that are going to want to come up and get one of these guys. I think Will Levis goes number one to text to Houston right now, as as of today. You know, what's today? January first. I think Will Levis is going number one in Houston. You know, I think CJ Stroud. You know, showed well last. You know, last night made some made some damn good throws. You know, that the, his his ability to kind of feather that ball with touch in between the second and third levels versus a, a, a Georgia defense that's that's pretty damn good was very impressive. Uh, again, I didn't see that in the game, so I'm not sure if anything happened towards the end where he kind of blew it. But, uh, but just from the first three quarters of the game, I think CJ CJ Stroud looked pretty damn good in terms of also showing his ability to run with the football, maybe be a not a dual threat like a Justin Fields, but but give you an option if he needs to use his legs. I think that also helps. So I think more teams now will see that and kind of put together his his body of work in terms of what he's done throughout his career at Ohio State. That only bodes well because teams now are going to want to maybe come up and maybe get him. That's that's what I, I took out of that. By the way, Alabama did play uh, yesterday, so I'm not going to tell you what happened, the score of the game, since you don't like to be surprised on stuff. Tyler, your thoughts on what you may have seen from these players? 
I had I didn't I, yeah I was oblivious. I haven't I haven't I haven't I didn't I didn't watch any any college football yesterday. I was so excited about New Year's Eve <laughs> and so um, finishing that up. But I'm I'm highly interested. Are we currently right now number two overall? We are. Uh, yes, we are indeed. Firmly entrenched at two. I didn't see the uh, score of the Texans game, but I don't think it well, was. The Texans were down twenty to nothing, and I think Denver was losing by three to Casey before I jumped on here tonight. So mm -hmm. I think, I mean, I think we're, we're pretty right now. We're pretty secure at number two right now. I'm not sure if we win next week. Then that all, all bets are off. I'm not. I, I don't know the the numbers in terms of how far we could fall if the Bears win next week, which could be something um, to, to kind of be worried about, guys. Because if Justin Fields does play and Minnesota does rest. A lot of their guys, although I, I think with Philly, I think Philly lost today, right? Although, so I think if with Philly losing today, Minnesota still has a chance to get home that first round by, I believe. Right. Yes, which is good because it means they're not going to rest their starters. That means that they're probably going to win the game. So that if, that, if those are people who are worried about the draft pick, that that's a good good you know result for you guys. Yeah, I just, and I, go ahead, Tyler. No, I was just saying, like that uh, to 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 your point, Danny. If those quarterbacks, if we trade down, that'd be awesome to collect a couple more assets. As long as we don't, as long as we can still get that generational talent, um, in that top five. I think what happens is now, uh, if you if you do drop down, depending on how far you drop down, obviously, I I wouldn't drop out of the the top eight or or, or ten for sure. Uh, but now you, when you drop down, there's a couple of players I'm, I really like to already earmarked. I mean, uh, I've talked about Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. The, the edge rusher uh I, I put on his tape and, and got the guy uh tyler if you have a chance to watch him he's fun to watch man you want to talk about physicality you want to talk about a guy who's got all the the length and, and everything you need um you know he's this dominant ed edge rusher guy um you know doesn't have the, the numbers that you you will see with the will anderson but he's definitely a guy that makes his presence felt and uh the only thing with him though is is we talked about it this this past week was he's uh, coming off a foot injury a broken bone in his foot you know, big guys and, 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 and fragile feet scare me. So uh, just going back to the NBA days, right? I know it's a different sport, but just still, that's got to be thoroughly checked out. But if everything checks out good, well, uh, Tyree Wilson is, a, is an edge rusher that fits this defense. And then now, now if you go going even further, if you go other side, you go offensive line, obviously the kid from Northwestern, Skaronski, could come in and play left guard, replace um, Cody Whitehair and be a, be a future stalwart there next to um, – next to uh, Braxton Jones, and then also uh, Paris Johnson, uh, the, the kid from Ohio State. Uh, he plays left tackle uh, for Ohio State, but he's played right tackle, and that's where I would see him at. I would see him at, at right tackle for the Bears, a guy that could kind of solidify that position. Uh, Roderick Jones, uh, left tackle from Georgia, is another guy, but he's more probably mid to, to late first round, if, if depending on, again, how far you're back, you drop off. So, you know, if, if you drop out of that, that top eight or ten, you're probably looking at, offensive defensive line at, at that point in my opinion tyler i know uh you've got to take off to attend to other things why don't you unmute your microphone and give us your final words my man um my final thoughts uh, final words um danny I, I wish i could stick around but i'll wait for you for the next time i hope braxton jones gets some good work this offseason he's a nice young he's a nice young man um he's really he really holds himself accountable and so i know when, when he has a tough game He's really tough on himself, so I'm looking to see how he bounces back. And overall, I'm excited. I am excited about the future because, like, you can't mess it. It will be very – we can't mess up this offseason. If we mess up this offseason, <laughs> it's like what set us back five years. And so like, You aren't I kidding. That, that is the understatement of the day, yeah. the statement of the day. You're right, Tyler, brother. You mess up this offseason, it's like drafting a quarterback number one who is a bust. That's all, yep, that's all right. it is. Yep. 
and so this is really the, the, the pure setup. And for the benefit of Justin Fields, this young man trusting us with his career, I hope we just get it right with the staff. Um, hopefully. I don't want to say hopefully we lose next week, but I don't want to win. <laughs> so let's be real. <laughs> but I do want to be competitive, guys, because when we lost to the Vikings, we were actually winning. We were winning. They stripped us at the end. And so when I know we have what it takes to be competitive. And so I know what it looks like when we don't try to win, which makes it even more frustrating. But at the same time, it's pretty cool that we have somebody in, in the division um, competing for the number one seed in the NFC. Um, and so we can be there if we want to be. But my final thoughts are it's, it's good to be back to see you guys. It's going to be a happy new year. Um, be safe. Have a great one, Bears fans, Bears Nation. Don't be mad. These guys are getting paid no matter what. Have an amazing week, and I'll see you all next week. All right, Tyler. Happy new year to you and all your great, loved man. ones, uh, your beautiful family. And uh, we'll talk soon, brother. Thanks, brothers. Take care. Take care. That is Tyler Ellis. You can catch him on the Twitter machine at the Real Gains G I G A I N S. Uh, good follow. He, he always posts lots of video of him working out, which really does not do anything for my self confidence. <laughs> it should inspire me, but it doesn't. It makes me depressed. Danny, um, philosophical question here as we wait for Justin Fields to uh, come to the podium. All right, we know that Justin Fields is maybe the most electrifying quarterback in the National Football League right now. But what I want to know is where is your level of confidence that he can become a better-than-average passer in the National Football League? Take it away. Oh, I'm very confident. I mean, I don't think it surprises you all, though, because I, you know, I, I love this kid. I love this kid coming out of Ohio State. Uh, I was excited later when the Bears took him. And yeah, it, has it been a slow process? Yeah. But, but you know, we've gone into the reasons why and, and, and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, besides the talent, besides the upgrade in receiver and, and offensive line, I think what, what you have is you have an you offensive um, coordinator that, that it looks to build game plans around, around his talent and around his skill set. And, you know, we, we talked about earlier in terms of at, at the halftime, you asked me how impressed I was about him breaking or getting second all time in terms of rushing yards. Yeah, that's very impressive, but it's not something that I want to have this kid hang his hat on because that's not what he's going to be. If he's successful and the Bears are successful, he's going to be a quarterback. It's going to be a dual threat quarterback that's going to hurt you with both his arm and his legs. And we've seen it, guys, this year. We, I, I've done you know, a bare truth that we were broken down him making plays in the pocket. I've also showed you where he holds on to the football too long, where, where he's a little bit too skittish in terms of doesn't go through a full progression, just kind of feels a little bit of, of, of pressure and just decides to get out of there or escape. And then, and then at that same time, we'll miss a receiver coming open or we'll just hold on to the football, take a sack or, or whatnot. So there are areas of his game he needs to get coached on and improved. But, and I, like I said, my belief is, and hopefully I'm, I'm proven correct here, is, is that they're going to build this offense strictly around Justin Fields, around what he does best. And I think they're going to bring in big body receivers where he, where he pulls already on record saying he likes big body receivers. Already traded a high second round pick uh, to, for for a guy like like Claypool, who's 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 a big body receiver who does a you know uh, when he gets an opportunity get opportunity go up there and make a play on a football. So, you know, he likes those kind of guys. He's going to get those kind of players around him. And I think that's just going to help benefit Justin Fields. We've seen him with the dual, you know, running backs in the backfield. You know, if Montgomery does leave, I think they will replace him with an, with a draft pick. Again, 
I, I don't pay running backs second contracts, no matter how much I love them. And I love David Montgomery, but I, I just do not give running backs second contracts. I go and I find another one in the, in the draft. So that's another area you're going to, you can, uh, you know, upgrade. Now we talked about Kelly Herbert being a nice running back replacement. He's got areas of his game. He needs to improve on namely pass blocking. Once he gets that squared away, you get it, you bring in a nice rookie or, or, you know, a young player to back him up get another another one two punch so you can you can help him with a, a, a nice strong running game you some big body receivers on the outside you have a developing young tight end and Cole Komet continue to build that offensive line and then most importantly you got to get a defense that supports him so if uh you know a defense that can make turnovers create turnovers give him and give Justin Fields in the offense you know prime position to go and put easy points on the on the scoreboard is also going to help the Bears and help Justin Fields and the offense get better and better as well so it goes both hands you know you need a strong defense you need a strong running take you, you need some uh, weapons on the outside to go ahead and support this kid here is uh, Justin Fields at the podium. Uh, let's go to him now. And they know fighting for them. That's the all the motivation I need. So, to be honest with you, I don't care what the scoreboard is. You know, if I have the chance to go out there and play, I'm gonna do it every time. And I'm gonna play. You know, my heart is so. Um, yeah, there was you know full desire to play. So. Yeah, uh, one, uh, just me. Um, I, it, I think you know sometimes first down, I'm getting pressure. I'm trying to make a play out of nothing. And, you know, I take a, a take a sack for six, seven yards, and, you know, we're now sec second and 15, so I can't do that. Um, and then, you know, they, they got back there pretty fast today, um, you know, on some plays, so we just got to be better up front. You know, they, they know that. And, um, you know, it, it, it just starts with me. So um, I just got to get better for my guys and, you know. Uh, I mean, it's, it's meaningful, you know, every time, uh, every game. Uh, of course, we want to, you know, we want to put our best product out there, and you know, as a team, we know we didn't do that today. So, um, all we can do is go back and work and, and, and keep getting better. No, that was that that play right there was a call and a run and play. We didn't expect that look. Um, and I mean, to be honest with you, I, I should have just thrown the ball away. <laughs> um, I don't know why I did that, but um, you live and you learn, and just just keep keep getting better. So, yeah. said how did they sit with me yeah i mean i mean they're not gonna you know kill me on the inside i mean it's it's, it's simple you, you learn from the mistakes and you and, and you get better from it i mean you know it's, i'm not the type of person to just like oh like this and that like i'm, I'm just not that type, type of person you know mentally um spiritually um you know I've, I've been through tough times before so you know my only response is you know just to keep working keep getting better keep learning keep growing and um you know any everything that i go through it's it's, it's for a reason and I've, I think I've been telling you all that since last year. Like everything happens for a reason. That's what I believe. So, um, you know, we're gonna learn and grow from this game, and uh, just just keep getting better. Yeah, I mean, I knew that play was gonna, you know, uh, you know, be a good play. Of course, we ran that QB sneak with Cole a few weeks ago. So uh, we've been practicing that play for about two, three weeks now, and you know, finally got it off the play call sheet. So it was a good play call and good execution. Uh, it was it was good. I was just I think I almost tripped on that play, so I was just trying to stay up, and then of course. Had an explosive play, so yeah. Yeah, he he was frustrated. You know, he's a he's a passionate player. He's he's passionate about the game, but you know, uh, I I think you know his emotions. You know, he, he was just showing his emotion, which is which is cool. To, it's 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 great to have emotion in the game, but you just have to know you know how to control it. Um, and you can't let it you know. 
come out like that because at the end of the day, that's that's not helping anybody. That's not helping the team. Everybody's frustrated. You know, we're getting blown out. Like just 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 call it what it is. We're we're getting. You know, we got punched in the mouth. Everybody. You know, everybody feels that way. But you know, we talk to him. I talk to him. Like you know, that's not going to do anything. That's that's not helping anybody. That's just you know spreading everybody apart. You know, we need to be here uh, for each other, stick with each other, and you know, fight. Because I mean, you know, it's it's you know, not many teams in this league are you know gonna fight the way we did. You know, I just. I just I don't know. I'm I'm getting really passionate, but it's just like every drive we were getting blown out, and I'm like, yo, like I don't care what the scoreboard is. We're gonna go out there. We're gonna play our hardest, and you know they they know that I'm doing that. So I mean, of course, going back on Chase, you know he's passionate, but just just has to learn how to you know control those emotions, keep him inside, and just know what's gonna you know be best for the team. He was he was he was like, yeah, my fault. You know, I'm just I'm just frustrated right now. So he responded well, and I. I think he, you know, learned from that moment and, you know, just, just, just going to grow, grow from it. So, yeah, now you're good. How do you do that relationship from the football sense as well now? What do you mean? How do I? Where do you think things are Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, you know, he's a, he's a hard worker. I know he wants to be great, so. I think, you know, just the more time we get to spend with each other, the more time we'll get to, you know, know each other. And um, I told some some guys in there just, you know, just being able to practice early in the week, that just gets me on the same page as him, just, you know, seeing how he runs routes and this stuff like that. So, of course, we want to get him the ball. But, um, yeah, I mean, just being passionate about the game like he is and, you know, his his want to be great, I, I think it's good for our team. And, you know, uh, we're, we're just going to keep getting better and keep growing and, and learn. Do we have a – you said, do we have a long way to go? Yeah, I mean, for sure. And y'all got to keep in mind that he came in the middle of the season. It's, it's hard to learn an offense like this, you know, in the middle of the season. And I think, you know, he's done a good job with that. But, you know, by the time next year, we're we're rolling. I mean, it's a whole off season. You know, I'm going to you know, link up with him in the off season, and we're going to get work in. And, you know, we're going to keep, you know, working. And I just, just, I just know his passion for the game and know, you know, his work ethic. And I know that he wants to be great. So we're going to get together and uh, work out and just, just, just get on that same page in the office. Yeah, we just put uh, Cole on a choice route. Uh, cover three choice isn't really great. Um, and then I kind of just saw the uh, you know, middle kind of you know come open right there. I think it was like third and five or something like that. So I just you know saw a crease right there and just hit it and uh, got the big game. Uh, I don't no, I don't I don't think so. I think you know you know you're never gonna have a perfect performance, but um you know they they are fighting for a playoff spot. We knew that early in the week. Uh, we knew it was gonna be a playoff environment. Um, you know their fans were loud out there. Um, and they came with some juice today. So, I mean, you do have to give credit to, to those guys because, you know, they're, you know, they, they know they have, you know, a shot at making the playoffs. So, uh, I don't think you necessarily have to play perfect. You know, I just have to play better than I did today, not putting my team in, you know, second and 15s, taking sacks on, you know, plays that I shouldn't be getting sacked on, just trying to make a play out of nothing. So, just learning from that and throwing the ball away and, you know, uh, yeah. Keep going. I didn't see him, yeah. Just, 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 uh, you know, came in, uh, shook it from the back. So, Justin Fields, I apologize. I, I promise not to be on mute anymore. Um, Justin Fields really sounded very mature. I don't know if somebody sat down with him uh, in the middle of the season because there were a couple of post-game performances where he seemed pouty and not very communicative. But since then, he has sounded 101% as a true leader, measured, thoughtful, 
uh, uh, sounded like he was taking accountabil- mm-hmm. accountability. I mean, he said that today. He's got to be smarter about things. He was meant. He was referring to a Chase Claypool situation where Chase got angry in the sideline. This, according to Kevin Fishbane, Fishbane Bears wide receiver Chase Claypool was hot as he went to the sideline after that third down play. I'm assuming that's the reference to that play where he had Claypool wide open. For, for a five, at least a five-yard gain. Claypool then tossed his helmet to the ground, voiced his frustration to wide receiver coach Tyke Tolbert. Justin Fields came over and talked to him for a minute. To me, this this is a leader in Justin Fields. Uh, Danny, your thoughts? No, I, 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 I agree 100% with you said. And, and that's the thing, you know, he, uh, I like the fact he took accountability. He said that was on me. I, I, I got to get rid of the football. Uh, like I said earlier, you know, he's he's used to just holding on the ball and making plays, whether it's with his feet, buying time and letting guys come open. I think that, you know, that's, uh, you know, um, something that, that he's been, been doing his whole life and he's got to get coached out of that. In the NFL, you can't do that. You just got to take what you can. I know sometimes you have to give up on a play sooner than, than you want, but you just got to make, make sure it's a positive play. You know, you don't want to take negative plays. And I think that was a, a prime example where take that five or six yard, whatever in our game would have been to, to Claypool. It'll been better than being, you know, third and twenty, whatever it was after that sack. So um, that's the thing. It's it's uh, and and I think you know one thing what Justin is and he said he's done it throughout this whole season. Really, he sat up there and said, you know what, I got to get better. I got to get with my receivers. I'm going to work with them. We know he did it last off season with Darnell Mooney. Hopefully this year we'll have a, you know, a Mooney Claypool and some other guys, whoever's on this team out there, maybe Bayless Jones out there as well, working with them and getting better. So um, you know the one thing is is uh, you know. That's one of the things I love about Justin Fields is like is like not only do you see the talent there, you know, yeah, he's got to be a little bit coached up there, but but the off off the field stuff, you know, and and I you saw it at Ohio State, you saw him take that leadership uh, role when when that that game against a Clemson where he broke a rib and and refused to come out and come back through three touchdowns. So you know that's that's the the kid you you want, that's the competitor you want leading your franchise, and I think the Bears have, and that's one of the reasons I'm so excited about the Bears having this kid as, as, as their quarterback. So, uh, but definitely, yeah, it's, it's something that I, I didn't, I didn't see that Claypool incident. Um, I don't think they showed it on, on the national, on a national TV. So that's uh, so why we was talking about, it. I, was, I was a little bit caught off guard in terms of what happened, but that thanks yeah. for uh, getting that clear up there. Although, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's something where obviously Claypool's feeling the, the, the heat, right. Cause you know, he came out this week and said, uh, you know, guys, hope, hope no one's given up on me yet. You know, cause I know, I know he, there's expectation on him. You know, they gave up a, you know, a high pick for him. And I think, you know, he knows that there's pressure for him to perform. And I and I think that's, you know, that's good in a way, right? Because you, you don't want the guy just to not give a crap. So the guy wants to produce. He wants to be out there, be, a, you know, a, a big-time player. So that, that's a that's a good sign from Claypool's end. And now get get with the quarterback and, like I said, uh, work on your timing and, and your chemistry together. And hopefully next season come back and, and you have a, a, a season that, that that's productive and that's, you know, that's worthy of giving up that second-round pick for so uh, you know, I understand Zach's point here. He says we're pull. Uh, we we he, he he says he he didn't pull the trigger. Uh, let me just read it exactly. So he won't pull the trigger and help his teammates develop. But we're praising him for taking blame. Fields is only concerned with making the play himself, and I think that's what Danny was just saying. You know, when you have when you have extraordinary athletes and competitors like Justin Fields, sometimes you've got to coach them out of that hero mentality and say, "Take the lesser here, take live to play another day." And that's what Danny's been preaching, right, Danny? Yes, he's used to just being able to make plays happen by time with his athletic ability. At, through our high school, through our college, 
you know, you see all over his tape, you know, he can buy some time and, and he'll look up field and make throws on the field and see guys coming open, you know, late uh, in, in the play. But the NFL is a different ball game. The NFL, you have only so many seconds to really get, get rid of that football. And at, at some point he's going to have to speed up his play clock and say, all right, I'm out here. I'm running around for five, six seconds, seconds. Just find someone, whether it's a three yard, five yard, eight yard game, just throw the ball to them and let them let's let, get that positive play and move on. Right. Obviously, there are certain points in the game where that's not going to be the case, right? If it's a last play of the game, you're down by a touchdown, you're going to try and do something there. Last play of the half, maybe you could throw it up and, and see what happens. But during the middle of the game, even if you're down by two scores, you know, getting a positive play on first or second down is only going to help you, obviously, as opposed to taking a sack or trying to fit the ball into coverage and, and having it picked off, you know? So that that's, I think that's what he, that's one of the things he needs to be coached out of. And that's this play right here, just showing right here on the screen, although that had me screaming, like throw the damn ball, just throw it. He's yeah. open. You know, we saw it in the Giants game earlier in the year where, where uh, you know, he missed, uh, well, he didn't miss. He, he's seen, it's, it's not that he's not seen Claypool there, guys. He, he's seen Claypool. Right. It's just he wants to get something bigger, bigger downfield because he has two other routes probably developing downfield and he's waiting for those to come open. Well, they're not coming open. If they're not open by now, they're not going to come open. So you just throw it to Claypool and take and take those, those whatever, five, six, seven yards and move on to the next play. That's what he needs to start doing more often than not. All right. Since we're – this is – I posted this on Twitter. I posted this on Twitter. Let's listen to what I said. Danny, cover your ears because I don't want your – I heard it. I heard it. Get rid of this ball. You can't hold the ball this long. Throw it to Chase. You got him there. Get rid of the fucking ball. <laughs> Fields has got it. I like it because that's exactly those are my sentiments too. That was my sentiment. Like just throw it. Don't. First of all, you're taking a, a negative play. You're gonna get sacked. You're taking a hit. Second of all, right? And the, and the lines were out there, like you said, lines were out there to make him feel every single hit. And I'm sure that was something that they were, they were coached up. It's, you know, they said this is their their best playmaker. This is their their MVP on offense. Make him feel every single damn hit. And you know, that's another thing is just get rid of the football. Don't take an unnecessary hit and move on to the next play. And that's something that he's gonna have to start doing. And a question here for you, Danny: How difficult is that to teach after playing quarterback at the highest levels in the past? Are those traits teachable? Laz is concerned. They they are last. Uh, it's something that, that he's gonna have to learn with 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 experience and just kind of kind of just kind of pounding it into his head. You know, like you know, if, if for example, that's a bad example, but my son doesn't put away his damn dishes after he's done eating, and I keep telling him, you got to keep doing it. You got to keep doing it, and it just and eventually he'll end up just start doing it, right? So <laughs> I think that's one thing with this his first year in the offense, and I think once he starts seeing these and it's, and it's going to be pounded in his head in the off season. They're going to keep telling him, just get rid of the football. If nothing develops, this is the NFL guys. If nothing develops within this amount of time, just get rid of the football, throw it away. Another thing is he, he doesn't like throwing the football away and he's going to have to do it. And when he throws it away, he's got to throw it away out of bounds, like completely like uncatchable. So, you know, those are things that he's going to have to just kind of get used to now. You know, they might go get him a, a big play receiver, a la like, like an A.J. Brown, for example. I'm just saying not A.J. Brown, him per se, but like a player like that where you can just, you know what? He's got one-on-one -on -one coverage. I'm going to throw it up there to him and then go up and make a play. You know, we're hoping Claypool is that player, maybe develops into that player for him. But at this point right now, with the talent you have right now, um, you know, just get what you can and let's move on to the next play. And also the check down. I mean, he got to a point within the last four or five weeks, he was doing pretty well in terms of taking that check down, whether it was to the running back or whether it was to the tight end and getting positive plays. He's got to continue to do that. They got to continue to preach that to him as well. And then eventually once, you know, that, that you get more weapons on offense and you can start making some plays down the football field. But 
just take what you can in the, in the, in the NFL. And again, there are certain moments, certain times you're not going to be able to do that. You're going to have to kind of try, try to make a play. You're going to have to force it in there, uh, you know, and then gaming situations and the half situations or something like that. But in this case example here, Claypool was open, throw it to him. Just let's move on to the next play. And I, I, I want to make this clear to everyone in the chat room, guys like Zach and, uh, and other people who are skeptical that Justin Fields is going to develop these traits. You know, it, there, is, there is the possibility that perhaps he doesn't. Perhaps he's hard-headed. Like, we've seen so many other quarterbacks. I mean, I started rooting for this team when Bobby Douglas was, was the quarterback of the Chicago Bears. And you talk about a hard-headed guy. I mean, this guy was – he had the coach living with him so he could install the offense, but Bobby was always going to do things his way, throw the ball way too hard, throw, throw it erratically because he was overstepping, blah, blah, blah. But my point is this. Justin Fields is going to have an offseason to reflect on everything that went wrong, to reflect on everything that he has been taught, to basically – uh, think about doing the right thing. Just like Danny was saying that as a parent, it's very similar to being a coach. You're taught to do the right thing. And sometimes it takes a while, right? Now he's going to have the entire off season to reflect on this. It will be his second off season as a Chicago bear, as a professional quarterback. If he does not respond in year three of his development, and he's still making these mistakes of holding the ball on too, too long, putting too much stress on his offensive line, and he does have the complementary players, then, 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 then we've got a big problem. And so my message to Zach and the other naysayers about Fields is we have to give him one more chance, one more year to develop before we can start even entertaining the thought about drafting a quarterback or acquiring another quarterback Danny, I mean, that's how I feel. It's I understand the frustration Bears fans have, but it's way too early to to close the book on Justin Fields. And even even next year, you know, although he might still be making some of these, not as often, but he still might right. see some of these times where you know uh, he makes these. But guys, if you look at all around the NFL, you know, Patrick Mahomes is an MVP winner. You know, he makes some bad decisions, but he's bailed out because he's got great players that are going up and making plays on the football. You know. Uh, a lot of times, you know, Lamar Jackson does this, the similar things in terms of he holds on to the football and will take a sack, you know, because he thinks he can he can buy some time and, and make a play and, and it doesn't work out. You know, Russell Wilson does the same thing as well. You know, Russell Wilson, even in Seattle, was or one that would try, run around, buy some time and, and get rid of the football. Just it's got to be ingrained in these guys that are super athletes that, that are just used to being able to juke guys and, and, and make guys miss that it's, it's come to a certain point, you just don't have to get rid of the football and just live to, to play another down. So, you know, that's something like, you know, Daniel Jones from the Giants. Look, they, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. And I know he's, he's not putting up monster numbers, but Daniel Jones has, has proven he's a, he's a quality NFL quarterback starting off a quarterback you know he's not going to be a, a hall of Famer or anything like that but he's a guy you bring in a, a coaching staff that utilizes him to his talents and, and puts him in a position to succeed and now the giants are sitting there thinking oh man we got to pay this guy now you know 15 17 18 maybe 20 million dollars a season so you know you know some quarterbacks just develop late in their careers the thing about what with fields is what you want to see you want to see this his ability obviously to make plays like if he can do that with his legs you want him to see him make plays with it with his arms we've seen him make throws you know nfl you know star you know quarterback type throws you know we just want and we see him go through progressions and all that stuff we just got to get everything around him 
fixed in terms of you know protection and all that stuff weapons and everything like that and then we're going to see just the natural growth kind of process and obviously we're seeing now the maturity the leadership here at you know at the podium after you know during games and what he's going and talking to his teammates so you know it just he's just he's moving on here it, it again uh, drafting in quarterback and developing him there's a lot of bumps in the road there's there's some there's some dark days and there there's some you know but when when it finally hits when you see everything kind of come together that's when as a franchise you're going to be you know happy that that you have a, a young guy that you've developed and now he's out there flourishing and i think that's just a matter of time before justin flourishes yeah Totally, totally agree. We'll uh, put that topic aside. I'm sure there's going to be more discussion on that on future Barroom Network shows, on all of our different shows. What I'd like love for uh, to have a discussion with Danny before uh, we get him out of here, before we end the show, is you mentioned earlier in the show, and it, it got me to think about David Montgomery. You're not going to pay him the, the type of dollars that he is going to demand and probably, you know, from a market value standpoint, probably deserve because uh, Spotrack has him at, at a market value of $9.9 million. And how they assess that is what other running backs of comparable statistics and, and play and so forth, what they are getting. So they assess his market value at 9.9. If I'm Ryan Pose, I'm going to be very, very reluctant to pay him $10 million. I know what a leader is, he is in the locker room. I know what he means to the Bears organization, but let's make sure that we know that even though they have over a hundred million dollars in cap space, that stuff can go by really fast. Mm -hmm. And so if yep. you're getting comparable or better value at another running back, then you should indeed look at who those guys are and then make the decision. All right. So here's the list, according to Spotrack, Danny of, uh, uh, running backs. Clearly you're not going to go after Saquon Barkley, right? Right. Too much money. He's gonna he's gonna demand even more than ten million dollars, and he's had an injury background. Kareem Hunt, I don't think you want him on on you know on your squad. I, am I right there? Yeah, and as a matter of fact, and for me, guys, to be honest with you, I I, I would um I would draft a running back. I would not go sign a, a, a big money for now if you want to bring a, a veteran as a, like a quality backup for depth mm -hmm. you know kind of right. like they did a couple of years ago with damian williams or something like that you know like on a cheap end that that's fine just have a, a veteran back there but i would not go out there and and pay money for a free agent running back yeah the reason i would uh danny because there are so many so many quality running backs available via free agency that you you can now save that uh, early day three running back selection uh, for another position. And then you come back with Herbert and this veteran free agent, like a Jamal Williams, like a, a you know, let me scroll down this list uh, a Jamal little further. Score 15 touchdowns. He's not going to come cheap. I know, he, he won't. Yeah. All right. Uh, Deontay Freeman. Um, uh, like, I got like a Raheem Mostert might be a guy you can bring in a guy similar, you know, kind of a system. That you know that that the wide zone, you know, he's a guy who's, who's done well with with Miami, uh, done well. He's thirty years old, so you want to sign him to a one or two year contract, right? Of. And not not a long term deal or something like that. Again, a veteran out there that can come in, and if you need, if Khalil goes down, uh, you you can plug him in for for a week or two or three weeks, whatever, and start and and be be in decent shape. But again, I would offset that with another draft pick. I I would. I do feel like you can find running backs, quality I, running backs. I agree. Backs. I, excuse me no. for interrupting. I, I totally agree with you. I, I believe, you know, a, a day three selection is a good idea. 
And you can even, you know, with the, the plethora, plethora of running backs available coming out of college, you could probably even find an undrafted free agent who can come in here and compete. But I do like the idea. If Miles Sanders is going to demand a couple of million dollars less than David Montgomery, mm-hmm. I'm signing a Miles Sanders. I think he's a Pro Bowl, right? I believe he made the Pro Bowl. So I, I think those yeah. guys are, are high, going to be a high in demand, right? Like Agreed. if you're just scrolling real quick here, like, oh, uh, let's see who there's a what guy. What about Devin Singletary? Yeah, he's a, a guy, you know, uh, I think would, would be a, a nice fit. Again, you know, he's younger, I think, or nice, yeah, about a couple months younger than, than, than uh, Montgomery, same draft class, but. Again, you know, he, he might depend on what what you're going to be paying in these guys, right? I I just prefer like these one or two year veterans where you can get in here and just kind of give you a nice not not the perfect compliment to be honest with you guys, but he's going to be too much. He's probably going to get more money than than uh, what's his name? Then Montgomery is Tony Pollard, and that's that's where Bigfoot Lockness there just chopped in. You know, Tony Tony Pollard would be a nice compliment <laughs> to um, you know uh, Khalil Harbor, but again, he's going to be a guy that's probably going to get more money if you if you will. Than, than a Montgomery will because you know he gives you that big play potential. Uh, he's, he's another potential slot receiver. You know, even though Montgomery's got good hands, he's not the type of you know um, um, option in the passing game that a Pollard would be. Again, he's a guy that again is gonna you know see that like, that that average market. That's he's gonna get more than that. I guarantee you he's getting more. I than agree. That. I so agree. that's why I think I think even a Montgomery. You know, um, you know, a team might come and say, we, we like this guy's physicality. We love, you know, the leadership he brings out, you know, football, a young team might come and say, all right, we, we know we want David Montgomery. Then he might get more than nine million as, as well. Now, there are teams that might say, you know what? We, we don't think he's 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 got that big play explosiveness. And, and, and you know, we, you know, we're not going to give David Montgomery that nine or ten million that he's looking for. And that's when the Bears can swoop and say, all right, David, you know, we want to come back for a one-year deal, two-year deal, maybe a little bit less money, you know, so on and so forth. And then that's where they can maybe, maybe bring him back. And that's where I kind of keep the option possibly of him coming back up. But but if he gets anywhere near what's estimated that the 9 to 10, 11 million a year, that there's no way the Bears can bring him back, I, I don't think. You know, even though you have a ton of cap space, I, I still, like you said, you know, there's there's Jalen Johnson you're going to have to talk about restructuring. There's Donald Mooney you're going to have to talk about giving an extension to. You know, Cole Komet is a guy you might have to talk about possibly giving an extension to as well. These guys are second second and third round picks, late round picks. You know, they're only on a four-year contract, so, so their contracts uh, expire quicker than the first round pick. So, you know, th- these are guys that, uh, you know, you have to talk about, you know, pretty soon here in terms of giving them some, some money as well. So a lot of that, you know, draft capital could go real quickly, especially if you make one or two big free agent signings. You know, uh, uh, Bear Truth Nine uh, posted something. I think it was maybe it was a joke, but it it, it, uh, it there's a lot of truth to it. He asked if Tony Pollard can block, and I, I don't think that's his forte. I mean, I, I I don't think that you know he's he's very similar to Khalil Herbert, except he's a better pass catcher. Would you say that, Danny? He's more explosive. I, I think he's got he's got you know bigger you know like big game speed uh, mm-hmm. than than Herbert. Uh, but Herbert's better in terms of in between the tackles. I think, although Pollard's done a pretty good job this year of, of, of running in between the tackles. But uh, again, uh, in terms of pass blocking, now, you know that's where you're gonna have to kind of you know stick it to to Herbert. Say, hey man, you have to get better here. You know, pass blocking is it's not a it's not a God given ability. It's a, it's it's a it's a trick you learn. It's a want to. It's a willingness to stick your nose in there and stand there and protect your quarterback or, or, or pass block for your you know for your receivers or whatnot. So you know you're gonna have to coach him up and make him better at pass blocking. Uh, Herbert, that is. So you know I'm I'm not gonna go get uh, a free agent running back based off the fact if he can pass block or not because I'm expecting Killer Herbert. If you're gonna be a starter, you're gonna have to pass block, and uh, you know that, that's one thing you're gonna have to you know get better at there. So. Um, that that's what that's where I, that's why I look at it there in terms of you know a pass blocking uh, a running back. 
There is, there are good reasons to bring back David Montgomery, even if it is at a price that you might consider too much for the running back position. Uh, so let me let me share with you a couple. Um, he knows the offense, and as Gary Gabriel told me, he spoke with with someone in, in the league that said this Luke Getzey offense takes a couple of years to learn. And so if that is true, then why, you know, start over with a rookie running back when you have a veteran who, if you can get at a decent amount, six, seven million dollars, you know, with 75 percent of it guaranteed, then that that might be a, a, a good approach. Secondly, we know the guy's effectiveness in running the ball. And if the bears are going to improve their offensive line, then perhaps we're talking about a guy who's going to have some more explosive runs because there's going to be bigger holes for him to run. Those are two reasons that I can think of off the top of my head, why it would be a, a good counter argument to bring David Montgomery back. What do you think? Again, I, I'm, I'm not I'm here to bash him Montgomery. I, I love the guy. I think he's a, he's a baller. I think he's a, he's a gamer. Like I said, he, he's a very good good veteran on the, on the team. But to go out there and pay him, whatever, let's, say, let's say $10 million, make it a nice round number. Oh, oh, oh that's him. too much. That's too much. What if Bear Truth says, because Bear Truth 9 says uh, three years, $7 million guaranteed. Would you bring him back at that amount? $7 million for uh, all three years guaranteed? Well, uh, I think it's 21, no, no, 21, 21 million, right? 21 yeah, 21 million, million, right. right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, 7 million is, is, is a, is a better number. It's a number I, I would consider. Uh, uh, but, but again, it's, it's the fact that if you guys notice guys, Herbert has better cutback vision, right? You see him. And when this, when this, this, the way this offense runs or the line, when it starts blocking, when they're doing this, this wide zone scheme is it's, everything's going to be based off predicate on finding that, that back, cut lane right and you see herbert he's had so much success this year where he see he has better vision he's able to cut back get that that seam into that that you know that uh backside of the play get into a one hit foot in the ground and he takes off and i think that's what you're looking for you see with with montgomery what he does is he's more like an eye formation guy more of a power back he's a guy if you put him a lead blocker in front of him or or if you give him an ability to be a single back in the back in the backfield he's got the ability to jump in and out of holes and hit him and, and with physicality and and get through that but he doesn't have the explosiveness you look for like a like a herbert like a tony pollard some of these guys so you know it's it, there's a give and take here and there you know if, if you for me again personally Seven million is, is a, a more acceptable number to bring him back at, but you know, uh, for me, like I, I can go find a, a second or third round a running back that can come in and contribute and be one heck of, one heck of a you know backup or a one-two punch with with Khalil Herbert. And I think now you're going with a guy on a rookie deal, making less money. Obviously, then you can allocate some of that money towards. That's what entices me about that is is now you can allocate that money towards other areas of the football field, in which we've already seen discussed have a lot of holes on it. Bear Truth Nine earlier said this about Justin Fields that uh, he's got he's had to change his thought process. It takes time. He just spent the offseason unlearning an offense, changing his mechanics, learning a new offense with a rookie offensive co coordinator. Again, there's a lot to learn, and, I, and that's another great Bear Truth Nine uh, post because he's absolutely right about Justin Fields. 
a lot of change, a lot of change. And so when anyone is discussing the firing of Luke Getze, Luke Getze has not done anything demonstrably terrible to have him fired. In fact, you might be regressing the development of your quarterback if you give him his, what, third, fourth offensive coordinator in four, five years? That would not be a, a good recipe. Yeah, so he's already had three offensive play callers in, in, in two years. So, you know, that's the thing. is like I, I'm looking forward to having him stay another year with, with Luke Getzey. My, my biggest thing was Luke Getzey was going to do – was doing, you know, too well in terms of the, after that Washington game in terms of creating this this offense around fields that a team might come calling for him. But luckily that didn't proceed to the point where I think Luke Getzey is not going to get a head coaching job this offseason. Right. Uh, I, I think if he continues this trajectory in terms of building this offense around fields, I think it's eventually going to happen. Now, look – now Detroit – I think Ben Johnson, their offensive coordinator, was, was another young guy, innovative play caller. I think what he's done with Jared Goff in that offense this year, I think he's going to be looking at potential head coaching uh, opportunities as well. So, you know, I think Getsy with, with Fields, another offseason possibly too would be tremendous because now you just kind of grow together. Again, Getsy was learning him. He was learning Getsy. I think now they, they've, they've gotten to the point where they're comfortable with each other and now they just kind of go ahead and, and this offseason, again, build uh, a, a completely, you know, uh, a complete offense, if you will, around Justin Fields and just kind of now know what you do well, know what he does well, and just continue from there and just grow this this offensive play uh, scheme and, and playbook. By the way, uh, Matt Eberflus says that Dante Pettis was cleared through the concussion protocol, but nonetheless he was sent to the hospital because Pettis said he was experiencing blurred vision. So as a precautionary measure, they sent him to the hospital. And we can talk for another hour about these doctors who are checking on concussions uh, for players. You know, what's happened with Tua Tua Tungavialoa is criminal in my mind. Uh, But that's a discussion for another day. We'll we'll have a good panel of people together to, to discuss that. Danny, I wanted to ask you another question regarding the quarterback position. You know, Zach has been uh, in the in the chat room saying we got to draft the quarterback. This is our opportunity. You're going to get a, a second or third round. I don't disagree with that, and I think the majority of people don't agree with it. I disagree with that, and I think the majority of people disagree with that. But what, what I do think that it would be really fucking good if this team drafted a quarterback in day three. I know uh, you probably have not done a lot of work on quarterbacks, but have you done any research on any quarterback who might be a promising developmental quarterback who has the same kind of athletic attributes? Now, I know that that's a rarity, but I'm saying a, a, a an option quarterback, a running quarterback, a, a guy who would be a poor man's Justin Fields. Have you done any work on a quarterback? And you can give us a couple of names so that we could start doing some research on I, it. I'll give you one name. I haven't I haven't done a lot of in terms of in-depth uh, work on him, but I've just I've watched a couple of his games, and that's UCLA's Dorian Thompson Robinson. He's a guy athletic as heck. Again, his his inconsistencies have been, you know, in terms of you know going through a progression and 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 some some accuracy down football field. But again, I, I, you know, I think he's around six one, six two, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, very athletic, dual threat quarterback. Uh, strong arm has played for Chip Kelly at, at UCLA, so he's been around, you know, an NFL um, offensive concepts, if you will. Uh, but that's a guy if you can get him. And I believe he's going to be at the East West Shrine game, if I'm not mistaken, although. So we'll get a first hand look at him. But he, that's a guy that's athletic as heck, 
um, you know, is, is a dual threat, can give you the same terms of actions in terms of if, if Fields does go down, you know, God forbid, he goes on an injury and if you have a, a kid like that backing him up, you know, he can come in and do the same things in terms of power runs, quarterback runs, keepers and all that stuff and, and continue to use his legs as, as a threat. So, you know, when I watch him, I watch a couple of UCLA games and that's the first thing I, I stuck to my mind. I was like, man, if the Bears can get this guy, you know, day three of the draft, you know, sixth round, I'm, I'm not sure where he's projected going now, but I think he's in the fifth, sixth round range, um, possibly even seventh round, depending, depending on, on on how he does in the in the uh, in the classroom work and all that stuff, but uh, he's a kid, you know. Dorian Thompson uh, Robinson from UCLA, I think, will be a nice nice fit here, backup. Uh, another kid that that I do like, but I believe he's staying in school is is Jordan Travis from Florida State. Uh, a little bit undersized, I think, maybe going to be a five eleven, five eleven and a half. But another guy that. Um, you know, has been around some NFL concepts in terms of his, his uh, uh, system in there at, at FSU. Um, another guy who uses his, his legs as, as a as a dual threat quarterback and a, and a gamer. That guy's a dude. Uh, you, you put on his tape and he's always, you know, battling and, and, and fighting his ass off to try and get his team back into the football game. So you know, Jordan Travis, who I believe is staying in school, the last I heard. Uh, at, at Florida State as another guy in the future if, you, if you're looking for, you know, in the 2024 draft. But in this draft, the, the guy I've kind of earmarked in that territory you're talking about there, although is, is, is Dorian Thompson Robinson from UCLA. All right. Um, a couple of people mentioned Anthony Richardson from Florida. He's going, he's going top half of the draft. Uh, oh, really? he, is, okay. he might be the second quarterback taken. Uh, that's wow. That's how good wow. talent-wise this kid is. You see his numbers there, 6'4", 232. Quick release, solid. I mean, bazooka for an arm can make every single throw you want. Uh, elusive with the football as a runner, uh, a, a, a perfect complement to to Justin Fields. But his inconsistencies in terms of you know accuracy down a football field, his decision making is 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 all over the football field. He, he's he's not ready to be an NFL starting quarterback, in my opinion. You know, year year two. But those talents, that size, his ability is going to have offensive. You know coordinators, offensive coaches drooling at getting, getting their hands on this kid. So I think, you know, uh, you know, he was being touted as, as a late first round quarterback. I feel he's going to go in a top 10 that by, by the time it's all said and done, I think teams are going to just look at that talent and know he needs time to develop and say, you know what, we got to get this kid in our building. We're going to coach him up for a year or two, and then we're going to unleash him. I think Anthony Richardson is going to go, go in the top 10 when it's all said and done. Wow. Uh, so let's put that on, on our homework assignment for a future draft on tap to talk about those day three quarterbacks, because I could definitely uh, see that happening for this team. And I, uh, preferably, I would love to see somebody like that as a backup to Justin Fields than a Nathan Peterman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want to see Simeon stay as a backup than, than, than Nathan Peterman. I got to tell you, as soon as I saw Nathan Peterman seated next to Justin Fields is when Justin Fields' performance started to deteriorate in today's game. So he needs to stay away. They should give him they should give Peterman his own quarterback room like a closet somewhere and they can have one thing about Peterman, though, though uh, for all the, the knocks he takes for his play on the football field, he's a very smart kid. I, I think this is a guy that, that once his playing career is over – is going to get into coaching because because he's he's very uh, coaches love him because he he will digest a playbook he'll know all the all the reads he'll know what to do with the football it just talent wise he doesn't have it he just can't execute on the football field but in terms of the in the classroom in terms of I'm not sure about teaching it but I mean in turn in the classroom he he 
digest the playbook and he's very smart, very smart kid. And he, he picks up offenses quickly. I think that's why a lot of these, uh, you know, offensive minded uh, coaches like having him around because he could be like an extra coach in there, in there, in that quarterback room, uh, because he does, he is so good in terms of knowing the offense, learning it. Uh, just the unfortunate part is executing on the football field. Excellent stuff, Danny Shimon. Um, any other final thoughts that you have uh, regarding the Chicago Bears' performance today um, before we pull the plug on this episode of Bear Football? No, I, for today, I mean, I'm, I'm usually I go back and watch the All 22s. I'm even going to watch this one, to be honest with you. I'm just going to be like, all right, chalk it up. That's it. Let's 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 go on to the uh, to the finale uh, next week against Minnesota, and then uh, I think I think that that's when the real fun starts in terms of you know preparing for the off season and all that stuff. Uh, the only the only thing now kind of holding my curiosity is is you know is Minnesota going to be battling for that uh, you know first round bye? If so, they're probably going to be playing their their stars. Uh, for that final game, and then that 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 means probably the Bears are going to lose uh, most likely. Um, you know, and 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 we talked about it uh, briefly last time on on Before 55. Although in terms of you know, do you play Justin Fields for these final two games? And I said yes because examples like today, there are things where he needs to get better at. He needs to see on 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 the on film that he needs to improve on. But now I'm thinking about it, man. It's, just, it's like you know, after seeing today, you know, with you, you lose your your two right guards. You know, you're on your third right guard. Uh, we don't even know what you know what their status is in terms. Of, I don't think I heard Eberflus mentioned their statuses in terms of t- next week. You know, do you really want to you know put him out there behind a, a, a you know another patchwork offensive line? So it'll be curious to see. Now you, you do have you know uh, it's a home game, so you do have fans that are going to be you know you know attending the game and, and paying money for it. You can, there's one of them right there, Aldo. Um, so you know you you want to you want to just kind of short those guys either. So you want to you you probably go ahead and start them, but. Uh, it's it's really you know seeing him take all that hit those hits today and although the the Minnesota defense isn't as good or, or as as uh, as physical as as the Detroit uh, uh, team was but uh, you know we'll we'll see how it is but anyway to, just to kind of uh, wrap it up there real quickly just you know we'll after the game's over we'll then we kind of can just focus in on the off season and and hopefully we'll see there uh, in terms of what path this this team is going to go. Yep, and I just want to, you know, John Buffon's not here today, uh, but I know that if he was, he would have wanted me to play this drop. This defense sucks. Because that is exactly what happened today. The Chicago Bears defense, I mean, was embarrassingly bad. If I were to make a, a list of the top 10 worst defensive performances by a Chicago Bears team, this one would definitely make that top 10 list. Still behind the 50 burgers they gave up to the Patriots and Packers and back-to-back games uh one was that 2016 yeah 2016 thereabouts i mean they detroit could have easily put a 50 burger on them tonight but but you know uh obviously campbell uh took it easy and and kind of called the dogs off there and they don't want to embarrass eberflus and and the bears but uh you know i i I can think if minnesota comes in next week playing their their starters they can easily put up 50 points with with dalvin cook and, and madison in the backfield and obviously with uh, justin jefferson on the outside and and, and kirk cousins pulling uh, pulling the trigger i think they would uh they can easily put up 50 points on this on this off on this defense next uh next sunday mm. well we got a lot more football to talk about this week and it starts with gabriel talks football tomorrow i think we're going to go on around three o'clock after the uh, uh, press conference, and then it continues at 7 p.m. Central 
with the Bears Country podcast. So hopefully you can tune in to those two shows and then throughout the week we'll be loaded. The best way to stay on top of what we're doing is to subscribe to the Bar Room Network here on our YouTube channel or on our Facebook page. Uh, just search Bar Room Network or on our Twitter page. Just again, search Bar Room Network. And it looks like we might have to get into old TikTok, Instagram world. What a pain in the ass it is because a lot of people are, are a lot of good people are leaving Twitter uh, to, for some of this other social media stuff. And now I'm trying to learn about Mastodon. Have you heard about Mastodon, Danny? No, it sounds like some sort of uh, thing that Aaron Rodgers does in the offseason. <laughs> yeah, hey, maybe I'll do some tonight. Um, yeah, Mastodon is another social media site that a lot of Twitter people are leaving uh, to to go over there. So I, I, I don't even want to entertain the idea of going on a new a application that I, I know nothing about. But in any case, we will have tons of stuff for, for you here on the good old YouTube channel and wherever you get your audio podcast. This is Barroom Network, the Bear of Bears News for Danny Shaman, Tyler Ellis, and the vacationing John Buffon. We will all see you soon. Take care, everybody.